Well, we're going to go into a new series today entitled, This is What I Do. This is what I do. I, I, I was listening to a, a gentleman the other day, and he said that the gun... Listen, he said the gun that has killed more people around this nation in this world, the gun that has killed more people around this nation in this world is the I'm gun. That was a play on words. I apologize. But listen, how many of you know there's a lot of people that have what we call bucket lists? In fact, if you have a bucket list, you don't have to tell us, but if you have a bucket list, go ahead and raise your hand. You know, that's a list of things that you want. Or maybe it's called a dream list for you. And Listen, for me personally, I have some things that I would like to do, some places I'd like to go, some, you know, some things I'd like to experience. But, but what I want you to understand is that I'd like to list, and maybe or might be lists, are simply, it would be great if lists. There's nothing wrong with dreaming. There's nothing wrong with having some bucket lists or some dream lists or maybe I would like to list. But I really think as Christians, we need some this is what I do lists in our life. This is what I do. See, Philippians, the third chapter, verse 13 to 14, I'm reading out of the God's Word translation. It says this, or whatever translation you read out of us, find it. I'm reading it out of the God's Word translation. It says, brothers and sisters... I can't consider myself a winner yet, but this is what I do. I don't look back. I lengthen my stride, and I run straight toward the goal to win the prize that God's heavenly call offers in Christ Jesus. This is what I do. This is what I do. I... (laughs) I have to admit, I love Apostle Paul, but he sometimes freaks me out because he is so straightforward and so in your face sometimes. I, I, I love that he's, you know, he is this way, though, because I, I wish I could be more like him in many ways in my life. But one of the things I also love about Apostle Paul was the fact that for him to say he was not going to look back meant that there was some stuff in his past that if he did look back, he could have gotten caught on. Uh, did, did you understand that? For, for him to, uh, you know, for him to say that he could do all things, in Philippians, the third chapter, he said, I can do all things to Christ. How many of you remember that scripture? For him to say, I can do all things, meant there had to be times where he felt like he couldn't do anything. For him to say, you know, in Romans, that, you know, all things work together for good, had to mean there were some times in his life that he felt like nothing was working out right. Now, I know you're not like that. I know that's nothing in your life. I know you don't have any kind of idea for those kind of things. But he said here in Philippians, the fourth chapter, he said, of everything he could do, of everything he wanted to do, or even everything he had ever done, he said this is what he was determined, he was intent to do, whether anything else or anything did get done or had been done or whatever. He said, this is what I do. He said, listen, I'm going to look straight forward. Everybody say, straight forward. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to lengthen my stride. I'm going, to, I'm going to not continue to look back over at my shoulder at my mistakes and my woulda, coulda, shouldas. How many of you have some woulda, coulda, shouldas in your life? Come on, let's, let's just go ahead and be real this morning. Because he said he was going to run straight toward the goal. He said, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to run to the finish line that God sets for me. 
Listen, I really believe that this should be one of the major, major goals of our life. Or this is what I do. Personally, to run the race that God sets for you. For you. For you. For me, personally. This is what I do. So what I want to do this morning is I want to start into a series of this is what I do things. In fact, I want you to say this with me. Say, this is what I do. And we're going to start with a very simple one. In fact, some of you are going to think, well, this doesn't sound very spiritual, but it's going to... It, how many of you know that sometimes some stuff doesn't sound spiritual, but it helps us to be spiritual? Are you in the house? Listen, forgiven people don't sound spiritual. But how many of you know that it's very spiritual? There's five of you. Good, good. Praise God. Listen, so we're going to start into this today, and we're going to be very practical with this. So if you're going to take some notes, I encourage you to do so. Number one we're going to start with is a very simple one. This is what I do. Number one, I do life. Everybody say, I do life. Come on, say it again. Say, I do life. (laughs) That sounds kind of silly to even say it, though, doesn't it? Because if we're alive, we're doing life, right? Wrong. Just because we're alive physically does not mean we're absolutely doing life or that we're living. In fact, there's way too many people that are just going through the motions and they're surviving life, but they're not living life. Especially when it comes to their spiritual life and their relationship with Jesus. See, the Bible says it this way in John, the 10th chapter, the 10th verse, the second part of the verse. Jesus said this, I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. I came so that they could have real life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to do life now and to have eternal life as well. Did you hear what I just said? He wants us to do life now and have eternal life. That's why He sent His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, I realize... But some days, all it seems like you can do is survive. Have you ever had one of those? Well, it just seems like all you can do is... uh, I can't thrive today, Pastor. All I can work on is just learning and and making, maintaining and surviving. But listen, I understand that there are days like that, but the problem is too many of us are getting stuck there. As Christians... Oh, listen to your passion now, because we're getting stuck in this place of survival. We're not moving on. We're not doing what Apostle Paul said. We're not lengthening our stride. We're too busy looking back at yesterday. And we're so focused on the mess of today that we're not living any longer. We're just surviving until Jesus comes. So what does it mean to do life? What does it mean? Well, let me give you just a couple of things. And I said, we're going to try to make this as practical as we possibly can. What does it mean to do life? I do life. Well, let me give you number one. You ready for this? This is so deep. I live today. I thought you said it was deep. (laughs) No, I know that sounds kind of vague. But listen, I remember growing up in a church age. If if you've been around the church for very long, you, you may, or if you haven't been for very long, you may not remember this, but I remember growing up in a church age, my wife will remember this, where we were literally saved and waiting for the rapture. That's what we were doing. 
We were just simply waiting for the Lord to come again. We, we called it waiting on the Lord. And, and, you know, really when we think about it, we tried to be busy with God's work, but living and enjoying life was never really a part of the equation called a Christian life. Now, it wasn't preached that way. If you've been in the church for a while, you know it wasn't preached that way, but we had an understanding that life was something to get through. It was not something that you enjoyed while you did it. Are you in the house? The problem with that mentality is it's not scriptural. Well, yes it is, Pastor. You've got to... No, 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 no. You've got to remember what Jesus did at Calvary. He forgave us. He paid the price for us to have life and more life. Ah, help me, Jesus. He died so we could have life now and have eternal life. In fact, let's, let's, let's get it out of the way. I want, us to, I want us to get it out of the way right at the beginning of this series. That's the fact that the Christian life can be enjoyed and not just endured. Come on. I told you, that I may just teach this one, but you know, you've got, you've got to catch this. Because if we're going to actually be spiritual, if we're going to show Jesus to people, we've got to start showing something that is appealing and not appalling. Are you in the house? Come on, I remember growing up with old women that they thought, well, bless me, Jesus, help me, forgive me. I remember with some blessed women that they thought the uglier they were, the more holy they were. Come on, don't shout me down. Come on, I remember growing up in Pentecostalism when it was hair up to here and dresses down to here and tongues out to there. Oh, don't shout me down. Listen, the Christian life doesn't have to be endured. What are you? I'm a Christian. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, one of the greatest reasons, see, I've got, I've got several brothers. I won't even go to all of them, but I had, well, I had five. I have several of my brothers that literally left the church. Why, Pastor? Because they wanted to have fun. I remember talking to them and saying, why don't you go to church? He said, because I want to live. I want to experience life. And I thought, oh, okay. Well, I understand that. Because if you go to church, you can't... Are you in the house? We had this mentality that, yes, we were going to be a Christian. We're going to get to heaven someday and we'll shout and dance on streets of gold. But while we're here, we'll just be old. See, what I'm trying to tell you is some of the problem in the past was that what we did was that we, we, as Christians, we understood that God was more important than anything else and redemption and not going to hell was pretty important. Can we all agree on that? Can we agree that God is number one? He is the most important. Can we agree that redemption and not going to hell is very important? Are you in the house? Mistakenly, though, we thought it meant that if God was number one and going to hell was not something we wanted to do, we thought if Jesus was going to be number one, now listen to me, if he was going to be number one in importance, that meant that everything else had no importance. Are you in the house? And listen, any pleasure? Oh, Jesus. Any worldly pleasure? In 
enjoyed in creation or outside of the church was honor that was stolen from God. Are you in the house? That's where we missed it. That's where we missed it. Because it, Think with me. Think with me just for a moment. From start to finish, the Bible. Everybody say the Bible. I told you, we're just going to be try, try to be just as practical as we can. So just buckle up for about another 30 minutes. From start to finish, the Bible assumes... Are you, are you ready? The Bible assumes a good physical and spiritual existence. How can you say that, Pastor? Do you remember the Garden of Eden? No, I wasn't. That, well, okay. But you remember reading about it, right? What did the Garden of Eden, what, what, what was in it? Everything man needed for his life. He had everything that he needed to eat, everything he needed to be, everything he needed for enjoyment, and, that's the physical part, and then everything that he needed for his spiritual part. God was walking with him daily. So the Garden of Eden started with a garden of delight. Oh, come on now. And how many remember the greatest redemptive act of the Old Testament was when God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt? from bondage, both spiritual and physical, where did he say he was taking them? To the promised land that flowed with... Come on, see, what I'm trying to tell you is this. The Christian life doesn't have to just be endured, it can be enjoyed. You say, well, Pastor, I, I don't know that that's in the Scripture. Well, let me show you some Scriptures about this. Ready? Psalms, the 118th chapter, the 24th verse says this. This is the day. Everybody say day. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. And if the word day there, yom, is the word a day, a time. Now watch this. But not eternity. It's the here and the now. This is the here and now that the Lord has made. Oh, no, 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 Pastor. God has made eternity for us to enjoy. Right now we have to suffer. Are you in the house? Are you in the house? No, 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 no. This is the day. This is the yom. This is the, the Hebrew word yom. This is the here and now that God has made. I will rejoice in it. Watch, let me, let me go a little further with it. Psalm 68, verse 19 says, Blessed be the Lord, who daily, yom, loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. That's the same word that's used there in Psalms 118. He is in the here and now, loading us with benefits. You say, well, Pastor, that's Old Testament. Let me take you to New Testament in 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. It says, command those who are rich in this present world. That's right, Pastor, you get them rich folk. Not to be arrogant. Yes, hallelujah. Nor to put their hope in wealth. That's right. Which is so uncertain. Yes, God, help them. But to put their hope in God. Yes, get them, Jesus. Who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And in the King James Version says, who, who richly enjoys, or who, who gives us all things. The word there in the Greek is all, any, every, the whole, and watch this, daily. 
What I'm trying to tell you is a very simple thing. Live today. Live today. If we're going to do life, if this is what I do, this is one of the things that I do, I put it on my bucket list that as a Christian, I'm going to do life. I'm going to live today. That means I'm not going to be consumed with all the stuff. Focus on Him and realize that somehow, somewhere, someway, God is going to bring me through. Live today. Everybody say, live today. Well, if we're going to do that, what do we need to do, Pastor? Well, then we need to, number two, we need to be able to learn and laugh today. Everybody say, learn. Come on, say, learn. Say, laugh. Listen, I believe with all my heart that God wants us to be alive, but He doesn't want us to be making the same mistakes that we made yesterday, that are still hurting us today. So if we propagate them into tomorrow, we're not learning. Are you in the house? How many of you have ever made the same mistake more than once? How many of you worried that I'm going to make you raise your hand again with a third or fourth time? Don't raise your hand. No, 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 no. How many of you, though, but it's been a... Listen, you know what the whole thing about what's called a generational curse? That's just where something's never been dealt with and it just keeps propagating. You know, I've had, some, I've had some stuff in my life that I just kept doing. In fact, I think if you... <laughs> my wife and I were talking about this the other day. We looked through our life and we began to go back over the years and say, you know what, we've had this problem before. We've had this issue before. It's not just been a one-time shot. We've done this before. We've been through this road before. I've been around this mountain before, and every time I said, No, nah, I ain't doing that again, best God. I'll get my spiritual self up. I'll just, you know, and then turn around and find myself. Oh, you ain't there. You ain't there. You ain't there. I know. I know. I'm preaching to myself, so that's all right. See, what I understand is that God wants us to learn, so we don't keep making the same mistakes that are hurting us. Brother Chuck, it's one of the great men in the house. I want you to please get my car ready because it's not going over real well right now. Please have the truck ready. Listen, how many of you understand that every experience can be a great teacher? Now it can't. Oh, yes, it can. Sometimes an experience will teach you what to do, and sometimes an experience will teach you what not to do. Are you in the house? Are you in the house? Come on. I told you you're going to be practical. Just poke somebody and say, this is pretty good stuff for you. Every experience can be a great teacher. Sometimes it's, it's a teaching us what to do and then sometimes what not to do. But listen, listen, listen. This is where you've got to catch this. Learning and laughing through it all makes things palpable and easier to take. Yeah. Let me be honest with you. Life can throw you some curveballs sometimes. Amen? Amen? How many of you have ever been thinking one way and all of a sudden life comes another? You've been looking this way and all of a sudden life comes and starts smacking you this way. Oh, you're not, you're not in the house. Sometimes life can be harsh. Sometimes it can be painful. But the problem is amplified when we allow our pain to begin making our decisions. When that happens, listen to me. When that happens, you're not doing life anymore. You're not doing life. 
Well, don't, don't, don't feel bad. Listen, I, I don't want you to feel bad because every one of us has been in survival mode at some point in our life. Every one of us. And every one of us has had to struggle with our concept of God. And when we were there, in that place, we questioned. If God is so good, then why or why not? Don't come into this house and tell me that you've never questioned God. I love you, but I don't believe that. Because if you've been alive for more than a few weeks, you've had questions. God, why don't you? If you could, why wouldn't you? And if you are all that great and all that wonderful and all that powerful, why don't you? I would. Well, thank you, Mrs. God. Thank you, Mr. God. Come on, I know you've never been there, but I have. I've been there in a situation, a situation or an issue when it comes against me, and I think, I'm thinking, God, I know you can do all things. I preach it. I believe it. So if you can do all things, why don't you do something? Yes. 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 See, what I, what I understand is I don't... Here's, here's my theological answer. I don't know. I have a doctorate degree. I have a Ph.D. in theology. When studying for my Ph.D., the greatest understanding of, of troubles and trials that I ever came across was when I learned, I don't know. I don't know the answer. But what I do know is, as Apostle Paul said, we see through a glass darkly. <laughs> Sometimes we don't always see the end from the beginning. And sometimes things can get a little blurry. <laughs> Listen, I, am, am I talking to the right people? Is there anybody in the house that it's ever just gotten blurry? I, this, this year I had to get glasses. And I, I have bifocals. And it just, it, sometimes it just irritates me because I have this line right here. And I'll go to step and I'm going... Trying to make sure where I'm walking. Because it looks like I'm walking and all of a sudden there's a step. But I don't understand. Well, I, you know what? I don't understand. If you, if you don't have glasses, you're not going to be able to relate to me. I don't understand how I can go through a day and then all of a sudden take my glasses off and it looks like somebody's been licking on them. It's like... Did, you, did I fall asleep and the dogs just kissed my glasses or what? I mean, they just look so... And, and, and I'm doing this number. Oh, okay, now I see it. And there's times I just got to take them off and clean them. Because everything is blurry. There's sometimes life just gets a little blurry. I, I, I can't tell you why. But listen to me. Listen, listen, listen. When it gets blurry, that's when trust is vital. See, I love this scripture. And the psalmist David said it this way in Psalms 56, verse 3. He said, even when I am afraid, I still trust you. 
Well, my pastor, we're supposed to be more than conquerors. Yeah. Sometimes I don't feel like it, though. We're supposed to be overcomers in Christ. Yes. And sometimes I feel like the undertaker has overcome my overcoming. And I'm just... But even when I am afraid, I still trust you. We trust that He does too. We trust that He loves us and we trust that He will bring us through. I trust. Why learn and laugh, Pastor? Well, the Bible says it this way in Proverbs, the 17th chapter. A cheerful heart is good medicine. It's good medicine. I like it this way in John, the 16th chapter in the Message Bible. It says this. When a woman gives birth, she has a hard time. All the ladies said? There's no getting around that. But... When the baby is born, there is joy in the birth. This new life in the world wipes out memory of the pain. The sadness you have right now is similar to that pain. But the coming joy is also similar. Listen, learning and laughing in life is... You really want to know what it is? It's really about keeping the focus on Jesus. Keeping the focus on Jesus. But if we're going to learn, listen, I've got to take this just one step further. I've got, I, I got to push it just one step. Because if we're going to learn and laugh and do life, that means that we have to be ready to feel today as well. Everybody say feel. I know we don't talk a whole lot about feeling and feels in the house of God because we're supposed to be faith people, Right? Faith. Huh. Everybody go, faith. Oh, come on, do it like you're a... Come on, Joe, faith. Go, faith. Huh. We're faith people, and we, we talk about feelings like there's something evil from the devil. Did you happen to forget that God's the one that made you, you? Did you realize, listen, listen, I told you it's going to be practical. I'm not really preaching. I'm just trying to teach you something. But if we can get some of this stuff, we can go out to those that are out on the outside that are struggling with every day, and we can show them that we can be struggling, but we can still have a praise in our heart and love in our lips. We can have life. We can do it. We can enjoy and have real life now and eternal life to come. This is a testimony. Did you ever think that God was the one that created you? He is the one that had an idea that you and I would have a body. It was His idea that we would have emotions and feelings in that body. It was all His idea. Well, Pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say to be alive means there's going to be the potential for emotions and feelings. Pastor, this isn't serious. Yes, the potential for happy and hurt. The potential for increase and decrease. The potential to be full and the potential to be hungry. Let me show you this in the Word in Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. You ready for this? This is out of the New Century Version. It says, There is a time, everybody say a time, for everything. 
And everything on earth has its special season. Now watch. There's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to pull up plants. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. There's a time to destroy and a time to build. There's a time to cry and a time to laugh. There's a time to be sad and a time to dance. There's a time to throw away stones and a time to gather them. There's a time to hug and a time when you're sweaty not to hug. There's a time to look for something. Listen. And a time to stop looking for it. There's a time to keep things and a time to throw things away. There's a time to tear apart and a time to sew together. There's a time to be silent and a time to speak. There's a time to love and a time to hate. There's a time of war and a time for peace. Listen, I'm not here to break your Christian bubble. But what I'm going to tell you is in this life, we are going to have the full range of emotions. And that's okay. So, church of the living God, listen. Stop denying them. Stop denying that you have feelings and emotions that you need to deal with. But on the other hand, stop letting them lead you. Let me give you some advice that an old pastor, when we were just very, very young in the ministry, Clifford Burgess told us this when I was just, I was 20 years old and we had just started into the ministry. And he told me, he said, son, feelings are wonderful servants and it's through them that you're going to experience the full range of life and living, but they make horrible taskmasters. They're wonderful because through your feelings you're going, to, you're going to experience life. But they make terrible, horrible taskmasters when you have to work for them and follow after them. So, Pastor, how, how, how do we experience all this life and stay in the thrive mode? Let me give you the scripture in Philippians where Apostle Paul says, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret. Okay. Yay, Paul, tell me the secret. I know the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether welfare or hunger, whether living in plenty or what. Here it is, folks. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. Listen to me, that's the secret. There it is, there it is, there it is. You want a secret for today? There it is. It's in Jesus. It's in Jesus. Everybody say, in Jesus. But let me close this with one last practicality. Can I, can I give you this last practicality? All of you that are bored, said amen. I just said, all of you that are bored, say amen, y'all, and Amen. All all of you that would like for me to go on and finish those, said, praise the Lord. Thank you. You know what this last practicality is? You ready for it? Lighten up. Lighten up today. Have you ever been around those people that can turn everything into a major thing? Uh, listen, listen, listen. 
Have you ever been around those people that they turn everything into a major thing and everything seems to be an inconvenience for them? Are you in the house? Come on, come on. News flash. Go ahead and poke the person beside you. Tell them, wake up. This is, this is a good point. News flash. News flash. Things happen. And what's worse, it's going to happen to you. Oh, what do you mean, Pastor? Listen to me. Listen to me, blessed child of God. Thou prosperous uh, to be envied by the world. Thou healed, whole, wonderful, peace-filled, anointed, spirit-drawn, anointed-filled person of God. Listen, there's going to be a time you're going to be caught at the red light. There's going to be a time you're going to get behind someone who has to have a price check. You're going to be the one that goes to a restaurant and you order it. And they're going to be out. OMG! Lighten up. Lighten up. Listen, listen, listen. Lighten up. It's not the end of the world. Just remember, God loves you. Life has ups and downs and everything isn't a major. Sometimes you just have to lighten up a little bit. Help us, Jesus. Pastor, this is not spiritual. Oh, I think it would be very spiritual if people in Christianity acted like they loved something, somebody, or some God. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you were to say, what are you? And you look at him and you go, oh, you must be a Christian. What do you mean, Pastor? Wouldn't it be wonderful if they could just look at us and go, that's one of them. I know how we'll do it, Pastor. Let's put all the women in big beehives. (laughs) Big top knots. Let's make them all wear long dresses. Make them holy. Come on. Let's make all the men. Well, let's not even deal with men. Just make the women submit. And we'll be a... Listen. As we go through the rest of this day, I told you it's going to be practical. I'm I'm bringing this to a close. I promise. Real soon. As we go through the rest of this day and even into this coming week, I want us to make some new goals. Ready? Everybody say, new goals. So instead, (laughs) this is why I probably should have preached this on Easter when the house is full. Instead of complaining, go ahead and poke the person next to you and say, hey, this is probably about you. Instead of complaining, let's lighten up and rejoice in the Lord. Philippians, the fourth chapter, the fourth verse says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Do you know what the word rejoice means? It means to be full of cheer and calmly happy. And that only happens when you believe that somehow, somewhere, someway, God is in control. Jesus is going to fix this. He's going to bring you through. So I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to keep my focus on Him and keep living life. Rejoice! 
How do we lighten up, Pastor? We're gonna we're gonna rejoice in the Lord. Then then you ready for this one? You ready for this? This is gonna get you. You gotta listen. You gotta listen close on this one. Then love the skin we're in. What? That's not religious. That goes against religious thinking, doesn't it? Because religious thinking says anything to do with the flesh and your skin is nasty and old and, and it's sinful. Right? Come on. I'm not saying you don't need to make the package better. Girls, they have these things called body shapers. Shape away. I don't care. Guys, they have this thing called a razor and they have this thing called soap. Cleanse away. I'm not saying don't make the package better. But here's what I think we ought to start doing in the house of God. That stop detesting and hating the platform God used, gave to us. Not everybody needs to be a size four. No. Go start the truck now. Listen, not everybody needs to be a size four, girls. Guys. Not all of you need to be Arnold. Because if you've seen him lately, he's sagging and bagging. Come on, do you know? See, here's, here's one of the problems I, I, I see within the church. And again, we're just trying to be practical in this. We're trying to be so practical. We have people, and I and, and apologize because I know you're here this morning, I won't look at any person, but had a young, beautiful young lady come into my office about a week and a half ago, tell me, Pastor, I'm really thinking about suicide because I hate me. I let her talk for a few minutes, and then after a while I said, why? Why do you hate you? I'm ugly. I said, well, pardon me, but I'm not looking at the same person you're looking at then. Because you're a gorgeous young lady. I hate me. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not the way, I'm not the picture that they portray in Hollywood. I don't have it here. I have too much there. I got this. I got that. I got you know, this. Listen. Pluck. Plump, pick, and whatever. I don't care. If it makes you feel, go for it. But stop detesting the platform God gave you. Let me, let me just show you this. This that I'm standing on is a platform. There's things that I'd like to change about it now. I wish that it was a little higher, but if we get any higher, I'd be hitting my hands when I put my hands up. But you know what? I don't detest it. You know why? Because it's the platform that we have to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, do you mean that your person could be the platform that speaks yes? Love the skin you're in. You want to know this scripture? Let me give it to you out of Psalms 139 chapter. It says, I thank you, God, 
body and soul. I am marvelously made. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. And listen, while we're talking about love, listen, I got, I got to hurry, but while we're talking about love, let me give you a little, let me just, one little rabbit trail because it's not a big one, but this is a little rabbit trail. Ready for this? Love your loved ones. Love your loved ones. Don't wait for tomorrow to tell them you love them today. Too many people. Listen, there's just too many people who wish they had one more chance. You ready for this? The scripture says it this way in Proverbs, the third chapter. Whenever you are able, do good to people who need help. Don't say, come back later. Let me close with this last practicality to lighten up. I'm close. I promise. I'm closing. So, band, get ready. Frontline, get ready. And that's this. You ready? This is the last one. How we lighten up. Don't wait on when. I'm going to be happy when. I'm going to be content when. I'm, you know, when I go on vacation, when the kids get older, when I have more success at work, when I get more money, when I finally get married, or when I have... And the list could go on and on and on. Everybody say, and on. Don't wait on when. Don't wait on when. I watched, and again, come on up, frontline. They'll, they'll know we're quitting. They already told me that, that they, they were bored, so. <clears throat> While well, they're coming. Let me, let me just tell you, several, several weeks ago, I was watching a football game on the NFL channel. Anybody know what the NFL channel is? There's five. Okay. The NFL channel, National Football League channel. And I'm watching this game on the NFL channel, and it's a game that's already been played. Now, you've got you to gotta, you gotta catch this. It's a game that's already been played. Actually, I already know the outcome. Are you getting this? I already know the score. Are, are you listening? I already know the score, and I'm watching this game. Now, here's what it did for me to already know the score. There was an interception from my team. I really didn't get upset. You're not, you're not thinking with me. Then a couple of plays later, there's a fumble. I didn't get that upset. I didn't really get upset. I didn't even get upset when we were three and out. The next two drives were just pitiful. We didn't do anything. I didn't really get upset. Did you know why? I already knew the score. So the miscues, the issues, the problems, even the failures of some players, didn't upset me that bad. Why? I already knew the outcome. Here's what I want you to understand, church. 
God has already given us His promise. I'll close with this, and then I'll let the band play us out of here because they're going to they're play us out. Just they, they played it a few minutes ago, and I just told them I want you to come back and meet again. And let me give you this last scripture, and I'm closing. Second Corinthians, the sixth chapter, the first verse in the Message Bible says, "As companions, as we are in this work with you, listen, we beg you, listen, we beg you, please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life God has given us. Don't squander one bit." This is what I do. This is what I do. I do life. I rejoice today, not because everything's right, but because I know the outcome.